Welcome to the CineScare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And with us, as always, is the superfan, Mr. Mark Piscati. It's a big week. It's a big week. Joe, Joe, do you feel it in the air? No. No? <laughs> oh, that I it's feel. It's Halloween, man. It's Halloween. It's, it's it is. October. It is. It's getting colder. The whole it's month. getting colder. The leaves are changing. We're in people in the Midwest and on the East. We're we're feeling it, man. It's real. I'm feeling I don't something. know about California. No, it cooled off this the, this week, so it's nicer. Did it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seventy it's like seventy-five today, sixties, fifties at night. Not bad. That's that's it was not a good thing. It's better than ninety-five. Yeah. Oh my god. Forty one is perfect. Forty six is the perfect degree. Okay, I can't hear anything except for the Halloween music. <laughs> well open your ears, old man. Am I listening to you wrong? <laughs> you're listening to us wrong. If it's too loud, you're too old. <laughs> Crank right. the dob off. <laughs> uh, uh yes, we are in October, which of course Thank you. Means much better. The Halloween time is here. Uh, and speaking of Halloween, I had the pleasure, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, of being at the Halloween 45 convention. Uh, at this, we had a Cinescare booth there. We were we were handing out all kinds of, uh, you know. Sticker, well, not all kinds of stickers. We had one sticker. We were handing out stickers. We were handing out postcards. I was selling books, and I shit. We uh, also hosted uh, Wampstom Films. Uh, Vincent Desanti was there, and he showed the premiere of the final trailer of Never Hike Alone Two. He he sold a whole bunch of uh, DVDs. He sold out of DVDs. He pretty much, I think we had two, maybe one or two DVDs on Sunday. He, he couldn't be there Sunday because he had prior engagement. But uh, I sold the last of his DVDs and sold, I think, a poster. And then towards the end, he told me just to give away the posters if, I was, if they weren't selling. So they were signed posters. I got one. Uh, very excited about some around here somewhere. Um and but did, we had, did we get one, Matt? No, no. Uh, Joe did. Jesus. Joe bought one though. Um, so no, there was only one left by the end, and it was just the one that we had hung up on the on the uh, on the curtain. So it wasn't. Uh, it was just. It, it wasn't bought, even signed. I bought a record too, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, and and Joe bought okay. uh, Joe bought a vinyl vinyl copy of the soundtrack, which was only available, I believe, to buy in person. The one that is sold on was it Waxwork Records that's doing yes. this? Yeah, the the yes. the vinyl that's that's sold there is the gray one. Joe got the convention exclusive red version, the blood red one. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Beautiful. I don't know that I'm ever going to play it. I might just look at it. Yeah. It's not. uh, Is it there yet? No, no, it hasn't gotten. I'm not exactly convinced you actually mailed it to me, but I did. Yeah. I sent it via (laughs) UPS. He's going to hoard it for himself. I know. Yeah. I should have. Oh, sorry, Joe. They sold out. 
Sorry. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have paid first. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we had a great time. We, I got to see John Carpenter that it was announced on the afternoon of Saturday that he would be there Sunday, uh, hosting a, uh, a panel. So it was, it was John Carpenter, Nick Castle, uh, Malik Assad, or Malik Assad, I guess is his name. He's the son of Mustafa Akkad, not Assad, Akkad, um, Mustafa Akkad, who was the original, um, the original producer of Halloween, executive producer. His son produced, was one of the producers of the newest ones and is now kind of in charge of the label. And, uh, Nancy Loomis was there. PJ souls was there. The guy who played Bob PJ souls boyfriend. I, I can't remember his name now. He was there. Uh, it, and also, um, Tommy, um, Oh gosh, what's his, <laughs> he was the director of Halloween three, Tommy. He's the guy who actually made the mask at any rate. Now the, his name's slipping my mind. Tommy Wallace, Tommy Lee Wallace. Yeah. Um, he uh, he was there as well, and they all had great stories. They only talked about a, a half hour, 40 minutes, something like that. Uh, and, God, they opened it up for questions, and it was all the questions like – it was just people in the audience asking, like, what was it like to make the soundtrack? It was just it was those kinds of – like, oh, my God, come on. You get a chance Remember to Remember that one time when, when yeah. Michael Myers walked into that house and killed people? Yeah, that was cool. That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, it was like so, Chris Farley questions. Yeah. It was terrible, but so so basically, it's all it's all Mark questions that was happening. Basically, right. yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But they my but, kind of show. But it, is they, it true that that's just William Shatner's face on that mask? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, but the, but yeah, it, it. I think they, they. I think the audience, everybody had a great time just being there with them. Obviously, so. Um. um Mark and probably then, would have asked him questions about Friday the 13th. Yeah, probably. probably. Hey, would you, <laughs> did you see Friday the 13th? That was awesome. Um, it wasn't a ripoff. It will, wasn't a ripoff. Will Michael Myers ever go to Manhattan? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember the first time I saw Halloween, and I, I got some popcorn out, <laughs> but it wasn't the right kind, so I had to go back. And I, I filled up halfway. Not the right kind. No, but it's, then, I, then I had to go back. And, it's about the butter. It's the about bathroom, the butter. And, I, and they had the paper towels, which I was happy about because I hate those hand dryers. The you know? Yeah, they just yeah. take forever. Yeah, um, I know they're better you, for You look like a magician with those, uh, those magic uh, a magician? air dryers. A magician? Like a math magician? Yeah, that's good. Math magician. <laughs> Yeah, a magician. Magician. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. a, magi- a, a magician. A <laughs> magician. Fuckers. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but but Vincent was able to uh, hand out a lot of stuff. He got a lot of people. As soon as they saw Vincent, they were like, "Oh, oh, cool!" You know, and he introduced me as a producer, and it, it was it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Kind of a. It was kind of a dream setup because these conventions only happen every five years. So, and a lot of these people, especially, you know, in that panel might, I, I, I mean, they're not that old, but I don't know how often they're going to be wanting to do conventions as we go on. And so it was really cool to see these people. And then there were a lot of people that you see in some of the sequels that were there. And, and that was, that was a lot of fun too. Um, so we had a great time. And of course, Vincent showed 
it was the exclusive uh, final trailer of Never Hike Alone 2, and people were gathered around our booth. It was kind of a little hot spot there. So it, it was a great time. I'm glad that we were able to work it out with him. Uh, and he said that uh, Never Hike Alone 2 is going to be dropping at 7 o'clock this Friday, Pacific time. So that'll be that'll be 9 o'clock your guys' time. So 7 o'clock. That'll be Pac- today. Uh, yeah, today because our episode our, our episode comes out. comes out on Friday right. the 13th. So, so tonight at seven o'clock, the, listen to our episode. Yeah, and then tonight at yes. seven, and then you're right. Never hike alone. Yeah. Two will be dropping at seven o'clock Pacific time. So um, that trailer, you'll, you'll see the Cinescare logo at seven o one. Yes, I hope. Uh, hope or so. hopefully earlier than probably or maybe seven, earlier than that seven and ten seconds seven o'clock maybe, and something ten like seconds, that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Look for it. super exciting super exciting especially that trailer i think the trailer is really good yeah i know it gave matt goosebumps gave mm-hmm. me goosebumps especially i mean it gave me goosebumps at the very beginning it gave with me the, the paramount <laughs> it, with the paramount logo with the stars around but the you know the mountain's not there right but it, it's Womp Stomp, and it just looks so good. And then it just tracks through, you know, throughout the whole entire series until, well, they stopped off at, at six because it's Tom Matthews as Tommy. And it, it just bled right into um, Never Hike Alone, and it was just really well done. It's This movie, I, I'm, I'm super pumped for it, super pumped. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So... Anyway, thank you for everyone who, who, if you're listening to this for the first time, uh, we met, we ran into a lot of people who said they'd heard of our show or our, our, we, they'd pop, we had popped up on their feed or they'd seen the logo. Uh, one girl said that she listens to the show at work and, and her coworkers wonder what she's laughing about. And, and so it was a lot of fun to, to know that the brand is out there and Cinescare is out there and, 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 uh, and and we're you know hopefully going to keep increasing so if you like the show please tell your friends who are horror fans to listen to it and also rate us and review us on whatever podcast app you use with whether it's apple Podcasts or spotify or whatever uh rate us and review us because that really has a big impact on the algorithm that pushes our uh, our show into suggestions for people. So please, please do that. Um, now, of course, this means that we're also in Shocktober, which I forgot to mention last episode because the last episode, October was just a couple of days later. So we are actually officially in Shocktober, Joe. I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but, uh, I so, wasn't. Yeah. Damn and, it. And so the Shocktober <laughs> challenge, of course, is that we each watch a movie, a horror movie, every day, which Mark can never do. But Joe Should we start and I with do, Mark? Because we're that kind of guy. Uh, I'm a different kind of like animal, man. Like, I'm a unicorn. Well, I, I don't know. Like, I'll say that. that. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know yeah. about unicorn, but... Uh, <laughs> As in imaginary? Or yeah, doesn't yeah. actually exist? I think it more Pretty like much. some kind of animal that came from something that was flushed down a toilet in the drain and, and more. I was going to say like a narwhal, a narwhal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to start us off this week. Great. Uh, Cause I, I, I saw some stuff that I'm super excited about. One of those things I'm going to let Joe kind of talk, or at least uh, I'll leave it until Joe's turn. Cause I, he was, he was the one to uh, recommend it to us. Um, 
uh, let's see. Well, the first, the main thing I want to talk about right now, right off the top, is a movie that I think has has pretty much launched itself into my number one spot, and and I think it might even be like an all decade movie. I'm not sure about that. It's you know I just saw it, so but my reaction coming out of it was very positive, and that is when evil lurks. And this is a movie that just came out this past weekend. It is an Argentine, Argent, sorry, it's an Argentinian movie or Argentine movie. Uh, and it's directed by the guy who directed Terrified from a few years ago. Not, not to be confused with Terrifier with Art the Clown. No, the movie Terrified. Uh, and, and so this thing, uh, I'll, I'll read the blurb. There's no point in praying. On a remote vill- in a remote village, two brothers find a demon-infected man just about to give birth to evil itself. They decide to get rid of the man, but merely succeed in helping him to deliver the inferno. So uh, it starts out, these two guys find a guy that's been ripped apart in the woods outside, uh, on their property, I think. It's near their property. And they're, they think, like, an animal did it. And so, but they find that he has an address with him and that he's heading to this, this house that's near their property. And so they go over there to tell the people that they found the guy coming to them. And lo and behold, they find out that it's a mother and a young son. And then her older son is in bed and he's just, he's just covered. He's like bloated, like enormously and covered in rot. In fact, it's, they're, it's a possession movie, basically, and they're the people who are possessed are called the rotten. Now, this mm-hmm. is not a a possession movie like Exorcist or or any of the knockoffs where it's a, a person in a bed tied to a bed and you got priests going. There's really no religion in this at all. In fact, in this movie, in this world, religion is just dead. There's nothing there, and all it is is these demons. And they they present themselves in very unusual ways. It's the world building in this is just amazing, and you and it's like you're transported into it with not a lot of uh, backstory to it or explanation. You kind of learn as you go, and even so, at, at the end, I'm still not sure what the rules of this world are exactly. But I'm okay with that. I don't care. I think it might drive Joe crazy a little bit, not knowing the rules and, and knowing the back of it, backstory of it. So I, I'd be curious to see how you feel about it, Joe. But for me, I, I really don't care about knowing all that or knowing why or what. And in fact, I get the feeling that the information we get from the characters may not even be accurate. You know, like an old lady was talking about what you do. Uh, the the grandmother of these people was talking yeah. about what you do with the rot, and she wasn't even right. It's like they don't know, and so we're mm-hmm. getting. It's almost like the in in novels you would call that the um, the unreliable narrator, where you're getting information from the characters, but it might not be the right information, and and they don't really have all the answers themselves, and it, and that and it makes sense because they're trying to figure out what to do, and so what they originally decide to do is they grab this guy that is rotten. And decide to drive him because it, it he brings in more. It spreads like a virus. It's almost like the possession is not just a possession, but it's almost like it's a virus. And so they decide to pick him up. You can't touch the guy. You, can't, you know, they they take him in a in a blanket, put him in a truck, 
and they haul him off like hundreds of miles away and just dump him. But it doesn't work. And it doesn't work out. And I I don't want to say anything else because there's some really like brutal. It's a brutal, brutal film. There's some scenes that are shocking. I kind of had a feeling about one scene, how something was going to go. And it actually went the exact opposite way of what I was expecting. And it's brutal, beautifully shot amazing practical effects it i loved this fucking movie i I know you did too or mark yeah yeah i i I saw it uh last night uh it was a mission that matt said joe and i on if any of us could watch it go watch it so i watched it last night i love this fucking movie right now this movie is it is my uh top number one um i think it's more like in the bible more like a tribulation it's at the end of times it's uh you know, when, you know, people are left on earth, you know, and so I kind of think it's um, the tribulation, but that's just my opinion. They don't explain it. And I kind of like, I kind of like it that they don't explain it. Yeah. Like Matt said, it's, you know, it, it just kind of explains itself, but you still don't know. You still don't know. Um, Yeah. There, there's three scenes in this that you cannot get out of your head. Maybe Four or five, actually. Well, there's a there's, couple for sure that are like images I've never seen in a movie that were never. I was shocked by how far they went yeah. with it. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and you don't want to know anything about it, but but it, just know that when you go into it, it's but it's not it's not like it's, it's not it, too grotesque. No, it's just shocking. It it's is. just sh- shocking and alarming, especially the scene. And, and I don't even want to say yeah, don't what say. scene it is. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Because I don't want to ruin it. But one because scene, it's a yeah, jump. Yeah, that one scene in particular is a bit of a jump scare for one thing, mm-hmm. and then it goes for on, sure. and and they go for it. Like it, it's all in. Yeah, and uh, and you know, I was kind of thinking, oh wow, that happened. Well, they're not going to show too much now. Oh no, <laughs> like they yeah, did. yeah, uh, and, yeah. And so it it it's great. But Joe, uh, for those of you like me who live in the sticks, and this movie did not come to your theater. Never fear, it's yeah. coming on Shutter on October twenty seventh. Yep, that's right. So, and I can't, I can't wait I to watch it at home. Opinion. Yep, yeah, can't wait to watch it at home. Yeah, no, uh, uh, good point, Joe. And that's something I was going to say. It is, is, it is going to be released October twenty seventh. So, so fear not, it will be available to you this October. If, but I do suggest, and and if it is in your area. Or if it comes support to your it. area, it's definitely support it because this, you know, these kinds of films, it's in subtitles and everything. So these movies don't always get the love here in the United States that that they deserve. And so we usually wind up watching them on Shudder or Tubi or whatever, kind of like Terrified. You know, I didn't I didn't get a chance to see Terrified. It, I got to see it on Shudder. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the main character in this is kind of despicable right he's not a good character oh, he's not a good character and he's an and idiot he he makes mistakes yeah and the mistakes that he makes just happen then he has to go to another place because of this mistake and because of the mistake he makes in the new place he has to go right and he, he just ke- keeps on and then at the end of the film you're just like holy shit what are you doing right. and it, it's you're just like oh yeah but it's it's the the actor who plays uh, this lead character, he's wonderful. He kind of looks like an anorexic Hugh Grantman, uh, or uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, a little bit. Kind of like a 
Yeah, like a little. He's got the grizzled. But I, I, I kept on thinking Hugh Jackman every time I saw him. Mm. Just a anorexic version. But yeah. it, the the acting's great, um, and the the possessions. How the this possession goes, I thoroughly enjoyed. Thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. So highly recommend it. It's great. Yeah. No, it's I I. Yeah, again, highly recommend, and it is. It's launching itself. I, it's made a big case for being my. I, I am. A, I'll be surprised if it's not my f- number one movie this year. So, um, and I, it's one of the best I've seen in a long time. I think you know, and that, and I keep you know, I was like, I don't want to say too much early, but because I just saw it, so sometimes you get that fresh feeling, and as you go, mm-hmm. it, things go down in estimation. Now, this is one I think is going to to rise in estimation as you go so it it might decline for me because the ending does get a little bit tedious for me just uh just a tiny mm. bit with with a couple of scenes but other than that um it's a phenomenal film and it is right now at number one yeah uh and then well, mark's only seen three movies this year <laughs> that's true that's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> not true it's not true well not true at all movies, horror movies yeah. Uh, <laughs> not true at all. <laughs> Let's see, uh, I watched Maverick and uh, yeah, Maverick. Maverick. And then, oh, Maverick again. <laughs> uh, I think you did say the other day that you were watching something else that you'd seen forever uh, a million times. Um, I also saw Birth Rebirth, which I recommend. It's good. It's sort of a bit of a Frankenstein story. Uh, this is a new one this year as well, so it's it's one you might want to check out. It could be. Uh, one that is in Where'd your, you see it? Huh? Where'd you see it? Uh, I rented it on Amazon. Uh, okay. It's, it's called Birth Rebirth. It's about uh, a woman who who's uh, she's a nurse and she has to work this long shift and she has her daughter stay with a, a neighbor and the daughter winds up getting, uh, I think, not tuberculosis, but um, meni- vir- viral meningitis and just dies really quickly. And uh, there's another woman at the hospital who is doing experiments on uh, corpses, trying to bring them back to life. So it's a bit of a reanimator type of thing, of but not at all humorous in any way. It's it's very serious in the way it goes about it. I, I think it's really good. It stars, um, I, I think it, her name's Marin. Yeah, Marin Ireland. If you remember her, she was in The Dark and the Wicked. She's been in uh, The Empty Man. She's been in a lot of horror movies lately. She was the main woman in The Dark and the Wicked. And uh, I I recommend it. It's good. I gave it three and a half cuts. And I think it's well worth checking out this Shocktober. Also saw Totally Killer. Good movie. Loved Did it. you see that, Joe? Loved it. Yeah, I, I actually, I thought it was. I, good. It's on Netflix. Yeah, or no, with, is it Netflix or Prime? Uh, I think it's. Oh, here, let me look. I have it here. It's on. Oh, it's on Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. Nice. Okay, it's on Amazon Prime. And it stars Kiernan Shipka, Olivia Holt, um, and it is basically twenty-five years after the shocking murders of three teens, an infamous killer returns on Halloween night to claim a fourth victim. When 17-year-old Jamie comes to -to face-to-face with the masked maniac, she accidentally time travels back to 1987. Forced to navigate the unfamiliar culture, Jamie teams up with her teenage mother to take down the psycho once and for all. So I I really, I thought this was, it had, you know, a lot of times a horror comedy like this doesn't quite get one or the other right. And I thought this got both the horror and the comedy right. 
Like it, I don't I, even know I if agree. I call it a comedy, but it, there was a lot of funny stuff in it. Like, like the she's a Gen Z kid, you know, who are tend to be have a different uh, different standards in terms of what's ethical, right? And and what's not like the high school mascot. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so she gets transported back to Gen X time, you know, and having to deal with the way people talked about race and talked about gender and talked about everything else it, it much more, um, you know, not as sensitive in those times as, as they are today. And, and so there's a lot of comedy with that, um, both at Gen Z and at gen x you know so it's it's funny it's not totally just a slam on gen z and how great gen x was but it also you know it points out the flaws of both and and just but also i i you know the the killer i thought was kind of creepy it was good what'd you think joe i didn't much care for the killer's mask i realized they need something and nowadays it's you yeah. know it's kind of slim pickings but I, I right. really enjoyed, yeah, I, it was fine. It, it held his, or it hit his identity as like any mask is supposed to. Yeah. I thought, I completely agreed. Not only was the humor pointing at Gen Z and Gen X, um, it, I really appreciated the fact that this is a horror comedy. But like you said, they didn't, they didn't slack at all on the horror because when there is a, a murder in this, it is brutal. Right. Uh, there is blood splatter literally everywhere. Mark, yeah. you would probably love this more than anybody because it's basically like a horror version of Back to the Future. Yeah. And I mean, they even, you know, acknowledge the fact that there's uh, time traveling movies and they never really seem to make a whole lot of sense. The rules are always seeming to change and mm-hmm. and how that plays out into the film. I, I loved it. I, I had a great time. I actually made my wife watch it. Yeah, no, oh. I, we, we Michelle and I watched it. We had a great time with this, and um, so I've had you know, and I've heard a lot of people comparing it to, ha- like it's a Happy Death Day ripoff. It's not even close to Happy Death Day. No, it's not I the don't same see that story at all. at all. Happy Death Day is a riff on on uh, Groundhog Day. It's not a time travel thing. I mean, it technically right. is, I guess, if you start the same day over and over, but but not really it's 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 not t- it's not time travel it's you're stuck in a loop on happy death day this right. they purposefully traveled back in time to prevent the guy from killing all these people yeah that's cool yeah yeah it, but great film yeah it was great i really enjoyed it so uh and that again is on amazon prime so I believe that's really, I mean, I saw the void that was pretty good but other than that the other movies that i watched were all um hold on let me double check this because i do think there was one other i wanted to mention real quickly uh no i guess that's yeah disappointments room yeah oh the only other one i wanted to talk about is the one i was gonna say for you joe so uh joe why don't you you want to talk about disappointments room some more no i did not jesus christ uh Uh, did we just did that freeze no oh okay go ahead joe um, well, you forgot about, can we finally talk about no one will save you? Yeah. That's what I was for years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cause you, you were the one who recommended that to us. So. Yeah. So no one will save you is new on Hulu this year and it is a home invasion movie. Unlike any other, it is a home invasion movie that, um, 
they're, she's not being invaded by a human being. And the most endearing thing that I absolutely loved about this film is the lack, the complete lack of dialogue. There are yeah. eight words uttered in this film. That's it. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an hour and a half. I don't think the main girl talks words. at all, does she? Um, no. There's one phrase and it's repeated. And yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. Is she a mute or? Nope. She's no. got nobody to talk to. She lives by herself. Yeah. She doesn't talk to herself when she's scared or anything like that. Nope. It's just. No. Nope. Kind of like that. Beautiful. Yeah, it no, is like, absolutely no breathtaking. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. Just because there's no light, no dialogue doesn't mean it's hard to follow. It's very easy to follow. Oh yeah. She emotes extremely well. You know exactly what's going on and going through her mind at all times. And it's really an emotional deep dive into what this girl is going through. And you learn so much about her and her past and how she interacts with the people in the town that she lives with. And most importantly, why, her relationship with the townsfolk is the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know we're supposed to be watching a movie a day for Shocktober, but I will admit this is already my number two of the year, and I have already watched this one in October twice. I only counted it once, but I have watched it twice. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I so. I liked it a lot. I I don't it's I don't think it would go that high for me, but it's definitely top ten material for sure. So, but so another reason, Mark, why you need to get Hulu. Yeah. yeah, I gotta get it. I gotta get it. I know. I mean, it's I know. it's not even an expensive service. I think it's only like eight bucks it's or something. Three hundred dollars a month. Yeah, it's like you just pay it's me. Like, it's just the principle. So many streaming. <laughs> just, just don't want. Hey, it. I just got and canceled Paramount Plus just so that I could watch one movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. you, if you're gonna rent a movie, you know, it's it's as much as most of these streaming services for a month anyway. So yeah. Through that. Give it a month, try it out, watch every moonlighting episode available, and then cancel it a month yeah. later. There you go. So Matt, did you have more Shocktober? Uh no, nope, that was over? it for me on Shocktober. So yeah, it was your turn. Okay. I have a couple other highlights, or in this case, extreme low light. It's the worst movie I've ever seen. It's called The Human Zoo, and it's from 2020, <laughs> and it's on Tubi. And it's starring Robert Carradine. Although I say you guys remember him as Lewis from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. I don't want to say starring because he's in the film, I don't know, maybe for five minutes, but he's the headliner on it. This is the worst piece of crap that's ever graced my screen. This Worse is a zombies? reality. I would. I, yeah. Yes, it is. Wow. Because what? Zombex was at least shorter than this one. This was almost two hours long. This is, um, the scenario is this company wants to do a reality show where people basically get locked in solitary confinement. And the only thing that's going to be in their cell is the camera that points at them from overhead. There is a yoga mat on the floor that they can lie on. And there's a bucket in the corner of the room. So the first like half hour of this film is them auditioning these people that I'm sure could not even make it into community theater. What's this called and again? The human, the human zoo. zoo. Hmm. So all of these people audition. They're all terrible archetypes of themselves. You've got the jock. You've got the girl that thinks she's a, you know, a hot slut. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So all of these people audition and magically all of them get it. Nobody gets cut from these auditions. 
So then they all get brought into this room where they're told that they've made it on to the show. And the, the producer lets them know that even though they haven't shot a single episode yet, the interest is so high, they've already been renewed for a second season. <laughs> I just absolutely loved. So then they introduce Robert Carradine, who is the mastermind of all this. And he's the one who's going to be watching all of their cameras. So basically he tells them that, you know, this is what they'll be locked up in. They'll get one meal uh, slid into their cell per day that they have to make last and then and a bottle of water and that's it. And if they've had enough and they want to quit, they need to put their arms like crossed over their heads and look at the camera and say, I quit. And then there's like this really stupid, like scene where they put a bag over everybody's head and they drag them into this room and they have them shower and take off all their clothes. So they know they're not smuggling anything into these cells. Then it's like an hour of just surveillance camera footage over a room with terrible non-scripted improv acting. Hmm. And even when these characters have had enough and they look at the camera and they say, I quit and they cross their arms, they're not let out. And then it just gets worse because when they go to their footage, they're just sitting there crying in a cell. Uh, It's so terrible that I, I would hate for anybody else to have to watch it, but I would like you two to, to, to at least tell me I'm not nuts. And that is the worst thing you've ever seen. Oh, I'm looking, I'm looking it. at the reviews on two on uh, letterboxd and it's all like half a star. Yeah, Do no, they not allow zero stars? Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. It's well, one of those things you have why. to do. Ha- you have to at least do half a star. Yeah. Yeah. Z- yeah. Basically half a star means zero stars. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So there's, there was one, I, you know, I go from no one will save you to human zoo, (laughs) which talk about one extreme to the other. Um, I also, I watched haunt for the very first time. I'm sad to say, Oh, I really enjoyed it. I like that one quite a bit. Um, well, it won't be on my list now then. Why? Well, because I was going to make it part of my pick because <laughs> oh, i knew you okay. hadn't watched it yet i Have thought you, you meant that, uh no haunt no never saw it no. written by those two kids from bettendorf that yeah. did a quiet place nope never saw it um well, if it I, helps actually, that, i'd watch, have it, I'd watch it again no that's fine okay um oh uh this saturday i consider this to be part of shocktober because i went to go see um beetlejuice the musical out oh. in des moines all right which, oh, how's that if if it comes to your mark, I know it's coming to Chicago. Uh, I couldn't recommend it anymore. It is a joyous romp. It is nothing. Well, I don't want to say nothing like the movie, but it is not the movie. Um, you know, like verbatim, hmm. most of the same characters are in it, but they change it up a bit. And they actually tell you that in the first song. Um, the The music's fantastic. Uh, I had a great time. It was it was a lot of fun. I highly recommend somebody going to see that. Nice. I hear there's a lot of uh, improv with uh, Beetlejuice. No. No? Huh. No. I saw videos of, of the actor uh, improving with the, with the audience. Oh. Huh. Not in my version. Okay. But anyway, I, I do know that the, the guy that played Beetlejuice and the guy that played uh, Lydia um, were understudies for the evening. And I got to say, if these were the understudies, I can't imagine what the first run actors would be like, because these guys are great. I, I loved them. So where did you um, see this? At the Des Moines Civic Center. 
Yeah. Yeah. But I, like I said, I know it's coming to a couple of places in Wisconsin. It's coming to Chicago. Uh, I think Chicago is in November ish. Hmm. Um, Matt, it's got to be out towards you somewhere. Yeah, on maybe. This tour. Yeah. So you'd like it. Um, oh, and then uh, as I was mentioning before, I got Paramount Plus so that I could watch Pet Cemetery Bloodlines with David Duchovny. Hmm. And I, I do want to say, I. When I was is this part two? S- oh no, this is the sh- the show. No. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of what I was getting at is I kept looking at this, watching the trailer over and over again. I was convinced in my head that this was like a series, hmm. and then I kept looking it up on IMDb, and is it no? It's a movie. So I watched it, and my biggest critique of it is they should have made this a series hmm. because there was so many avenues that weren't pursued i don't get me wrong i i did enjoy it i mean it's it's certainly better than the pet cemetery remake or god forbid pet cemetery 2 um it was good it's just there was so much more that they could have gotten out of this had they just worked on the pacing a little bit explored some of the characters and and spread it out there was so much more of a story there Hmm. uh but what was on screen was enjoyable it was brutal to watch. Some of the kills were uh, quite graphic and yeah, I, I, I highly recommend that if you don't already have Paramount plus at least get it for the seven day trial and give this one a, a, a watch. So hmm. nice, but yeah, that's uh, that along with our regular viewing and a couple old favorites like hello, Mary Lou prom night Two. you know, right. that was, I'm all caught up. So awesome. Uh, Mark, what was your what's your Shocktober been like? Um, I saw uh when evil lurks, where evil lurks, when evil lurks. Ago? when evil lurks, saw that. Um, I saw Saw X. Um, yeah, this movie takes place between part one and part two, and uh, John Kramer, also known as Jigsaw, tries to get rid of his cancer with this special treatment at this hospital, but it's not what it seems. So. He takes it out on the doctors and nurses. Uh, this is definitely my second favorite, if not favorite, of the whole franchise. Uh, this is probably the goriest of the franchise, I believe. And the puzzles are the most intense by far. A lot of cutting off limbs in this and uh, breaking fingers. A lot of, uh, oh, God, don't don't sew it off. But that's the I'm name intrigued. of the. Yeah, it's it's bloody. It's really bloody. Um the victims uh, are a little one-dimensional because you kind of already know why why they're there. Unlike the other Saw films, it's kind of like kind of mystery backgrounds, like why they're there. You kind of already know why they're there, and so yeah, it's a little one-dimensional with the with the victims. But there are some, of course, plot um, twists and uh, turns at the end, which are nice surprises. There's some people that come back that you didn't think they were going to be there. And uh, yeah, it's it's not a bad film. Probably, it's really well shot. Um, yeah, maybe even the best one out out there. Definitely better than Spiral. Oh my goodness! So um, yeah, yeah, this is it's it's a good saw. It it they just found a, another way to keep this franchise going. They just went back to Jigsaw. But yeah, it's between uh, one and two. And so now you can just like put Saw X 
And if you want to watch the whole franchise again, I don't know if I have the stomach to do that again because we already did the franchise for an episode. Right. But uh, yeah, it's it's not bad. Definitely, definitely worth seeing. Um, I saw Meg Two. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know why. Should Holy lose a bet? shit! No, no. I enjoyed the first one, so I decided to watch the second one. And I think it's going to be campy. And, yeah, it's campy, but it's so freaking boring. You don't care about the characters. The special effects is just absolutely, you know, Sharknado. I thought I was watching a sci-fi Sharknado episode. And they tried to make it into this uh, Jurassic, you know, park, Jurassic World, where they have these dinosaurs on ground so you're not safe on the ground. Huge, giant freaking octopus shows up. It's just, it's it's a disaster. I I even skipped through some of the some of the scenes. I was just watching. It's going. Let's see what happens because the dialogue and just the acting was so atrocious. It's not a fun watch. I highly, highly, what, highly recommend. Is that, that um, streaming or did you yeah? It's on HBO. Oh okay. It's on yeah. It's on Max. It's on Max. It just uh, popped up. I think last weekend. Yeah. And uh, I said, yeah, give it a whirl. Uh, James said, you know, he, he didn't enjoy it and should have taken his word for it. But um, other than that, I just uh, watched uh, some uh, films that I've seen before just because I wanted to watch it. And uh, I started rewatching Interview with the Vampire, the series on uh, AMC Plus. Start watching that again because it's, it's phenomenal. I can't wait for the second season to, to pop up. But uh, other than that, yeah, that's that's what I watched. All right. Uh, well, I guess now that means that it is time. It's time for us to put the keys of the show into the hands of little Mark Biscati. And his pick this time was Western Horrors. Did you have a clever name for it, or was it just Western Horrors? It's Western Horrors. Right. Western yeah, Horrors. Yeah, we were we were struggling to find a clever name for our pick last night because uh, the mine that's coming up, uh, it was a struggle. But anyway, Mark, tell us about your picks and lead us through it. Yeah, I'm no Catherine Horan. I can't I can't think of uh, uh, what was it? Bringing the bacon. Home the bacon. Yeah. Bring, bringing home the bacon. Jeez, that was clever. Well, we're not even going to talk about my one hot chip challenge and how I survived. No, he no. just did. That's perfect. Mark did a one chip again. challenge and he survived. Yeah. Yeah. And he and, regretted and every minute of it. Yeah, it, I'm, it. I'm officially retired. I'm never doing that again. It by looked the way. like uh, a nightmare, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah. So Western horror, ladies and gentlemen, um, I love Westerns dances with wolves. Uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance, one of my favorites, uh, one eye Grit. Never seen one. Oh, that's with Marlon Brando, yeah, correct? He directed it too. Yeah, he took over for Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick dropped, dropped out of it, and Marlon decided to direct it. It was the only movie he ever directed. Carl Malden. Blazing oh, Saddles. Car- Blazing Saddles. Unforgiven. It's the only one. The Lone Ranger. Like. Unforgiven. The Cisco great. Kid. Yeah, Unforgiven's fantastic. Um, but Western movies takes technology out of the films. Well, most of the westerns take uh, technology out of the 
out of the films and you know no phones no coffee makers no airplanes no cars you know westerns make you take a breath enjoy the simple things in life campfires horses and if someone pisses you off you can shoot them and probably like 85 to 90 percent chance of getting away with that how great is that gotta love the west and uh basically you know when you when you get to have that horror creep into the western genre you sometimes might get that perfect horror movie like chocolate falling into like peanut butter you could get a really decent horror film with westerns because there's so much to do back in the day you know you can't grab a phone and call the police you're basically trapped in settings and that's kind of like why i wanted to uh, go into this genre because we haven't really touched the western horror genre at all i don't know we still did (laughs) what are you talking about i only consider one of these films to be an actual western no that's not true well, I don't think From Dust Till Dawn is a Western. Well, sure it is. Yeah, it is. It's and I didn't West. think, I mean, if you mean like it's like west of the Mississippi, then mm-hmm. sure, they were all Westerns. But Bone well, Tomahawk, have... to me, is the only one that's really an actual Western. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I well, when I looked up, because I was thinking about doing one of these, and, and when you look up the lists on letterboxd or imdb they all list these movies as well well that's what i looked at and those are these are the ones i picked yeah. <laughs> it's okay so I let's can't... let's let's get into like one of the best western uh, horror films ever let's talk about vampires 1998 <laughs> let's do it it's a it's a contemporary and blood-chilling take on the gothic leg- legend of vampires by horror master John Carpenter, starring the one and only action star James Woods as the ultimate vampire slayer in New Mexico. And look, I know, I know, guys, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. This isn't Carpenter's best, all right? It's maybe, maybe possibly not, not his worst, not his worst, but... It, it could be one of his worst. But, you know, guys, it, it I mean, shit, man. This is a glorious one-man show ever. Uh, it's like over-the-top James Woods' performance is what's so phenomenal about this uh, film. I mean, I guess, you know, all the performances were over-the-top, but it's like James Wood just embraced his role and went all in and... I mean, the over-exaggerated screaming, you know, when he's stabbing the vampires is so laughing, laughingly just amazing and fun to watch. And John Carpenter always wanted to do a Western and get into the vampire uh, genre, and he thought this would be a perfect uh, mix. But the fact that Dust Till Dawn was already done back in 1996, so like what? So did he just see Dust Till Dawn? and just decided he's going, oh, that's a really great idea. Maybe I can do it better. I don't know. But it, it just seemed a little bit too on the nose that this came out basically right after Dust Till Dawn. Because D- Dust Till Dawn came out in 1996. This came out in 1998. So it's just like he saw it. He's going, I want to do that, but do my own twist on it. But, I mean... It's it's fun to think about like John Carpenter probably like casting this role. He's going, well, who can I get, you know, for an action star? 
And uh, how, how did James Woods get this role? Because usually he does roles as like villains or playing a mean lawyer, like a horrible lawyer or something. It's so weird that he got this role as the action, but he just embraced it and just went absolutely nuts. Then you get um, you get uh, Daniel Baldwin, not Stephen Baldwin, not Alec Baldwin. They got Daniel Baldwin, you know, the cheap knockoff version of Alec Baldwin. And that's just insane. And then you get the, the guy that they casted for the lead vampire. It's like John Carpenter was just going, he's going, he's going, how about Billy Zane? Can we get Billy Zane, you know, because he's a good looking guy. He, he'll look, be a good, you know, vampire. No, 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 no. Like Billy Zane, he's busy on Titanic. Oh, we'll get this guy because he looks exactly like Billy Zane. Joey. He was the bad guy in, in Karate Kid Part 3. Oh, my God. That's why I recognized. I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, he's in Cobra Kai, too. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. That's him. Yeah. He had no speaking lines. Joe, what do you um, think? I think that a crossbow is the wrong tool for this job. And he <laughs> illustrates that right off the bat when he shoots somebody. He's shooting them with broadheads. Why isn't he shooting them with a wooden stake? He shoots a broadhead at this guy and then immediately has to hand it off to somebody and say, hey, reload that for me. That's why it's stupid. You don't <laughs> take that tool to that particular job. Um, I do appreciate the fact that Frank Darabont had a cameo in this. He was the guy that was filling up his car with gas before oh, right. uh, the Baldwin kid stole it from him. Um, I The writing in this script... It seems like it was written by like the the goth kid in high school, uh, like freshman year, because some of these concepts didn't really work. Like James Wood, he asked this priest what a specific symbol meant, and the priest said the cardinal uh, said that the cardinal and the church don't know what it means. And then James Woods asks him a second time and uses the word please, and he spills his guts. <laughs> it's like that's all it took. And I don't understand the why this priest that's tagging along with him isn't more forthcoming with all of the information that he knows, because all it's going to do is help them find this master vampire and his brood of 80s goth characters that come up out of the ground. It would help them find them and kill them faster. Hmm. But I, it's, it's hard to see this movie through all the machismo that is going on in the screen in front of me because James Woods. And of course they had to have the, I'm going to light a fire and there's going to be an explosion. I'm going to walk away from the explosion with my back turns turned away from it. And I'm not going to acknowledge that there's a giant ball of fire behind me at all. As I walk slowly into the distance, I also didn't understand when he lit that fire, he's standing there. He just douses a bunch of gasoline all over this motel complex that he was at burning up all of the, the past crew members of his team. And he douses them all with gasoline and he's standing there in the doorway and he's got a Zippo lighter in one hand and a cigarette in the other. And he lights the cigarette and throws the Zippo away. Zippo. Why Zippos would are you expensive, just, man. I know. Why would you get rid? Because now you can't light any more cigarettes. Just take a puff off the cigarette and throw that in there to light it and keep your lighter and light another cigarette. That, I don't know. that's been done before. Yeah, because it, it makes up. sense. But I mean, it all culminates in the final words of the film. 
Via Condio Slayer, mm. <laughs> which, <laughs> and then they just smolder into the camera. Mm. Um, yeah, it, uh, not, yeah. And also the, from everything I've known about vampire films, I've seen more than one. I thought they were repelled by crosses. These particular vampires are driven to go find a cross because that's what's going to start their ritual or whatever. This is the only vampire movie where I've seen a vampire going to get a cross and holding it in his hands without yeah. like burning. So and what's it? And what's the deal with the head vampire? Every time he gets shot, he has to put his arms out. And just like, oh, I'm taking it all in. Like every yeah. time he gets shot, he's just like, his he's arms are out. Mm-hmm. Showboating. Yeah. Look, yeah. At, look at how cool I am. Look at how macho I am. I can it's take so bad. No. <laughs> I love I love the fact that James Wood, when he's uh, up on the cross, though, and Daniel Baldwin harpoons the cross with the Jeep, and he just rips that cross with James Woods on there. That would have killed him. That would have yes. killed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it probably would. <laughs> but he is James Woods, so. Yeah. I the action, best action star ever. <laughs> when I hear action, I think James Woods. James Woods. Wood. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forget Charlie Bronson. Yeah. 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 So what if, what if, that's that's all I got to say about that. Um Yeah, I, I what a party at the beginning in that hotel. It was like the sleaziest looking party ever. Oh. This movie is just so sleazy. It's so sleazy. And James Woods Such is a, a total jerk. They're like walking down this down the road with with Cheryl Lee. And he keeps just pushing her for no reason. I'm like, what what are you pushing her for? They're, you're walking down the road for how long are you gonna keep pushing her for like the whole day that you're walking? Um She's dead meat. They didn't care. She she was dead anyway. Stupid. Um They beat the shit out of her, man. They treated her like yeah, shit. Yeah. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take off your clothes and uh and uh gag you with some duct tape just so you can see Cher- uh Shirley's ass. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh Holy crap, this movie is nearly two hours long because I paused it for a second. It's like, how much longer do I have to go on this? And it, it's it's almost two, it's like an hour 50 or something like that. There's no, ri- uh, no one hour 48. God's, huh? One hour and 48 minutes. Yeah. It, there's no way in God's name that this needs to be longer than 80 minutes, this movie. Um, and parts of it just drag so bad and, and the pacing is off. Um, the James Woods part needs to be in order to make this at all palpable. It needs to be played by somebody with more charisma than he has. He's, he's good at being a sleazeball or just a, a bad guy maybe in small doses, but a whole movie, him carrying it. No, it just, just <laughs> so I got a list. Terrible. I got a list of other actors as long as my arm that I could have put in that. Oh, totally. That yeah. I don't know. Better. Maybe nobody else wanted it. I don't know. Um, yeah. Oh God. Well, Alec Baldwin didn't a- want it. Alec Baldwin was actually signed on to this oh. and he couldn't do it. And he, he ended up pawning it off on his brother. Yeah. To hear you do it. Yeah. No, I, oh, I can imagine. Um, so, and at some point the vampires all came out and it was still daylight. Like there, there was a part where they're coming out of the ground, like the master and his, and his apprentices or whatever, they come out of the earth and it's still light out. I'm like, there's still sun. You'd be all dead right now. Um, <laughs> doesn't matter there's a part where he gets pulled with his gun and i thought that <laughs> i thought he was like dragged with a gun um 
there, there was a pillar at some point that he gets knocked into and the pillar just goes flying and the roof comes down and that thing was not structurally sound at all. Um, oh god, yeah, I remember. <laughs> not at all. Like clear, I'm looking at the screen. I see that. I'm like, oh, clearly that's not up to code. Yeah, that's there's something wrong with that. No that's not structurally sound. Yeah, it's an abandoned building for a reason, I guess. Um, yeah. And then he says to him at the end, "I will hunt you down and find you and kill you." He's standing right there. There's no hunting involved. Just, Just do kill it now. Him now. Yeah. Yeah. And then I do know, it now. I thought Cheryl Lee was pretty good in this. I, I wish she'd done more. You know, it's like I, I really forgot that she was in this. And she's really only known at all for the Twin Peaks shows and the movie. So um, she certainly showed us everything that yeah, she had. I guess so. Yeah. Especially when Daniel Baldwin strips her down naked when she's unconscious. I know. And he's, yeah. he's, he's just he's, that kind of guy. He's not nice to her at all. And then they fall in love. Uh, it's just so everything, everything about it. He's like, you want to take a shower after this movie's over. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, that's all. With I have to Daniel say about Baldwin. That. I, it's, it's, I think it's probably, I can't think of a worse movie that John Carpenter did. I can't think of one now. Uh, uh, that Mars, that Mars movie. Oh, he did a Mars yeah, I never movie. saw oh, that. Man. Red Planet oh, or, or one of yeah, those. Mission to Mars. Mars. Mission to Mars. No. Is it Mission to Mars? Might be. Oh, is it bad? Yeah. It's like, honestly, I, I think John Carpenter, he's only, well, he's, how many, how many decent Ghosts films has he met? Ghosts of Ghost Mars. Ghosts of Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, like, how many actual good films did he make it was halloween the thing the fog prince of darkness prince of darkness i a lot of people love uh mouth of madness in the mouth of madness i i don't mind that one but i I know a lot of people that's like one of their favorite movies they live they live oh god yeah wait they live he's done a lot Starman. yeah he's done a lot i've never Um, seen Starman. that's good and uh, big Didn't trouble, he... big trouble in Little China. Forget about oh, it. Oh, that's right. Holy shit! He's done a lot oh, of good movies. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Escape from the New fog? York. Yeah, did we say the fog? Yeah. Oh shit! It's, yeah. Escape, Escape from, from New, New York. York. Yeah. Assault yep. on Precinct. All right. Uh, what should we call it? Uh, all right. Oh, yeah. There, there we go. Just had a name off some. I just. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but the music. He, he the did music, okay. He did. He the did music fun. and. Yeah, he yeah he's great, but the music in uh, Vampires, down down down. Oh God! Down, down, down. Know, oh it, fuck! You feel every after, one of those hundred and forty eight minutes. Yeah, just yeah. Over after a while, and over I was again. really tempted to just turn the volume down to nothing and put subtitles on because yeah. I got so tired of that stupid guitar solo. Yeah, yeah. rough. Fucking a. But hey, man, it was worth seeing James Wood as. Uh, the best action star ever, man. Man, he's he's better than Bruce what, Willis. Was man. it really? Yeah. He, he, I don't know if it was. Can, can you imagine James Wood as John McClane? No. Oh man, no. <laughs> that would be that'd be something to watch. So, Mark, uh, what's your next one? <laughs> well, yeah. Let's 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 keep no, it let's going with the keep the wagons west. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we're doing. We're, we're staying west. We're going to Mexico because let's let's stay on the vampires. Let's get the vampires out of the way. Let's do Dust Till Dawn, nineteen ninety six, directed by Robert Rodriguez, and uh, written by uh, Quentin Tarantino. Two criminal brothers and their hostages unknowingly seek temporary refuge in a truck stop bar called the Titty Twister, populated by vampires with bloody results. 
Uh, it's a cult classic. If you don't like this film, you, you might be a film snob. If you don't like this film because you've seen it too too many times, that's okay. I, I get it. But um, I love this film. When I when I watched it uh, to review it, I was, I was smiling. I, I it's the, but let's be honest. It's a movie that's two parts. It's a kidnapping of a family that has excellent Tarantino dialogue in the first part. Second part is horrible dialogue, and it's basically let's throw everything at the board and see what sticks. And it's just what what I love about it, and what I don't like love about it is is that this film is so good. And then right when they get to the titty twister, it's like Tarantino just threw up his hand, threw the typewriter against the wall and said, fuck it. I don't I don't know where to go with these characters anymore. Let's throw in vampires. It's fun when the vampires show up. There's a lot of, you know, great, you know, one liners I get. But it's so over the top. It goes so B movie. And what Tarantino's uh, uh, explanation for this is how he wrote this. He's going, well, I want, wanted everybody to you know, really get involved with the characters. I want you to care about them and then put them in a horrible, you know, situation. If he stayed on that line just and without putting in the vampires, you would have had a phenomenal, I think, movie that would have really, you know, I don't know, you know, stand the test of time, even though Dust Till Dawn does, but it's just because it's so over the top of what happens, you know, with these vampires. Matt, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this is okay. It, I, I th- I'm not sure it holds up that well. I liked it better the first time I saw it, which was a long time ago. Um, but it, it's fine. Um, I, the, I I agree that I think the first part of the movie is the tightest part of it. But um, the I thought that the situation at the border went a little too far to really be believable, them coming on to the truck and and it just you know i don't know they they search better than that at the border so i thought that there was a better way to have done that than than how they did it um i didn't i felt like once the action sequence started it wasn't done that well which is too bad because i've read and i don't know if this is true or not but i've read that part of the reason Tarantino didn't direct it is because he wasn't comfortable with the big action pieces at that point in his career yet. And so he, he went with Robert Rodriguez who had done some big action pieces up to that point. And, and so, but I, I didn't think they were particularly well done. And a lot of them, like the editing was just weird. It was like, it wasn't quite, you know, there'd be a fight going on and then it would cut to the aftermath of it or something. And it was just odd. Um, And the vampire's, I thought, you know, they're supposed to be superhuman strength or whatever, and they dispatched most of them pretty easily up to a certain point, you know, um, to too easily, I think. Uh, and, and in fact, I wrote, these are pretty weak vampires, you know, so that the, their abilities are all over the place. The CGI was pretty bad. Um, that, you know, I know there's some makeup involved probably, uh, but... The transition was more of a CGI. I thought that was pretty bad. The snake thing and all of that was, I thought, pretty bad. Um, the snake thing? The Selma, Selma Hayek? Yeah. 
the the where she kind of her head sort of becomes snake like or whatever. I thought that was, oh. that was pretty bad. But yet every other vampire has hair. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And makes zero sense. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Well, no, she was kind of like uh, one of the queen vampires, so maybe she was just more powerful. Even maybe she I don't died. Know. Died pretty easy. She could be a shapeshifter. Who knows? But it it mm-hmm. didn't look good. Uh, and I, so I would love to have seen Tarantino try this. I'd, I'd love to see a version of this that wasn't so goofy. Once the twist happens, like I, I just felt like the vampires were a little goofy. They weren't. They're not scary. And the situation, you know, I it, it's interesting because wild stuff's happening and it's a complete about face. But once you know it. It's not a, 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 it's not an immensely rewatchable film, because the whole point of it is on that twist. It's sort of like, it's sort of like the, the sixth sense, is not. I mean, I, I, it is rewatchable to me, but it's not as rewatchable as maybe it should be because so much of it is is uh, centered around the twist. But um, overall, it's fine. It, I, I, I don't dislike this movie. I, th- I think it's entertaining. I like the. I definitely like the whole beginning part. I, I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge fan of of uh, of uh, the the uh, George Clooney in at this at this point in his. They're getting an echo, but uh, I'm not a big fan of of George Clooney at this point in his career. And I and I kind of feel like he's not. I, I would like to see somebody else in that role other than him. So, hmm. but you know, I'd, I'd like somebody. I don't know. I, I I feel like he's just a little too smooth. I'd like to see someone a little grittier in that role. A little, a little too perfect. Maybe, yeah. But that tribal tattoo is the, just badass. Yeah, the, t- the tattoo is terrible. <laughs> come, terrible. Yeah. Come on, man. That was the nineties. Yeah. Come on, you. You almost thought about getting a tribal, right? No, no. <laughs> it's certainly not on my neck. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Joe, what did you think? I, I'm like everybody else. I really like the first half of this movie, but the minute you entered, with the minute uh, Selma Hayek stops dancing, I could turn this off. I will say I'm very glad that Mark that you picked this because I want this to be the last time I ever have to watch this film because I think I've seen it like four <laughs> times and I'm just so over it. Um, the it's, well, let me get to the points that I do like. Um, I love the opening scene again. Michael Parks is phenomenal with everything that he does. And I, I, I even, I like the gecko brothers. I, you know, I like, uh, Quentin Tarantino in this. Um, I like George Clooney. I like his character. I think if the rest of this movie had been more like if the second half was more like the first, where it's just a bunch of uh, slick talking dialogue, like you would see in a Reservoir Dogs type movie or a Pulp Fiction, I think yeah. that George Clooney could have paid. You know, it, it would have been worth it. I think he could have played it out very well. Um, I like the little hidden gems that the kids wearing a Precinct shirt thirteen t-shirt which i'm assuming was some sort of homage to john carpenter's precinct or attack assault on precinct 13 i like the fact that when george clooney comes back with some burgers he gets it from big kahuna burger i i like when things get pulled out of that quentin tarantino type universe i 
the thing that surprised me the most is I am not a fan of the soundtrack for this film, which I realize this isn't a Quentin Tarantino film, but I would have thought that that would have been the one stickler that he would have like wanted to keep. Like I'm picking the music in this film, like, cause all of the other soundtracks to all the other Tarantino films are great. This one just falls so short. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Selma Hayek is just gorgeous in this film. Of course, when she comes out and Tarantino's sucking on her toe, I was like sick to my stomach, not because of the act, but because I don't think he deserves that. She is a golden goddess and she should not be treated in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when everything goes <laughs> to shit. I don't care about any of these other characters. Fred Williamson shouldn't be in this movie. Tom Savini shouldn't be in this movie. They should, you know, Tom Savini should have just been trying to work oh, on those vampires. Come on. They were dumb. I cared nothing True. about them. No, yeah. you know what? Develop a vampire makeup come where on, they don't machine. look like that. I, I want most of the vampires that I've seen have necks. None of these guys did. They all look like linebackers. And like I said before, why Selma Hayek turns into a a snakehead thing with no hair, but everybody else had hair was just beyond me. I didn't get it. Um, yeah. And even the Danny Trejo in this film, I, I when it once when he, he turned, turned into, into a, a vampire, vampire. Yeah, and Matt, to your point, yeah, the next Matt, thing to your was point weird. about how they seem to be so easily defeated. There was a line that I saw in there that again, I thought was dumb where they were talking about how they think it's weird that they seem to be softer yeah, squishy, squishy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so squishy. I mean, all you got to do is yeah. punch them really hard. So they're not much of a threat. So why should I be concerned? I could just mm-hmm. poke them with a baseball bat from right. three feet away, and I'd be fine. Yeah, I think that, like the chairs. Uh, I think they used a chair leg, yeah, to go through their heart or something, and it wasn't even pointing. Yeah, you know, I'm like, how do you get? That? And again, that stupid uh, jackhammer thing that George Clooney fashions. At the end of the movie, with that was a the, horrible weapon. Giant wooden stake at the end. What are you yeah. going to do with that? It was cool looking. It because it was no, cool. It looks looking, like something man. Robert cool Rodriguez wrote. So yeah. Oh yeah. It's like something yeah, out of Shark Boy and Lava But it still Girl. was cool yeah. looking. I'm. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. But that that weapon did. I mean. Oh. It was, it was just as useless as that stupid uh, torso and foot guitar that the the band starts playing. Oh my god, it's so dumb! Oh yeah, that oh, was dumb. I'm I'm glad I that that was a good song with the band note. It was like Yosemite marijuana. That's a great when they go into the bar. That's a great song. That was a great atmosphere and and whatnot. I. I, I, I love the film. It, it's I still hold true to it. It's 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 a lot of fun. I do think it's kind of weird how Tarantino just I don't know how the dialogue from the first half just went to total shit in the half. Why didn't he just keep going? It's like he just gave up. He's going vampires and this happens and that happens and writes some stupid dialogue. It, it's like I think he this whole thing up. was just a vehicle for Quentin Tarantino to get his mouth around. Salma Hayek's toes. I already talked enough about feet. I'm not bringing it up. I'm not talking about it. We already have an episode where I go off on it. And I'm, and I'm staying off it. I said everything I needed okay. to say about it. And I that. feel the same way about this film. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on, we shall, shall we, gentlemen? 
All right, we're going to move on to probably the best film out of all of these. It's called Eyes of Fire, 1983. What's, what's with the shot? What's with the size, man? <laughs> 1983, Eyes of Fire, recommended by uh, Matthew Speak. Uh, preacher is accused of adultery, and he and his followers are chased out of town. They become stranded in the forest, which is haunted by spirits of long-dead Native Americans. This film on IMBD got a 6.3 rating out of 10. The New York Times said, a bizarrely fascinating story. Variety says, big league special effects. Um, Grant, <laughs> this is what Variety said. Uh, granted, this came out in 1983, so I guess Variety didn't see The Return of the Jedi that year. Um, I don't know what this film was about with the choppy editing to the tree people and the naked mud people. This The crappy film effects with negative reverse neon flashes to just God knows what. And it kept on reminding me of like those nineteen early 1970s Lord of the Rings um, uh uh, cartoons where they had like live action, but they Ralph would Bakshi? like have it. Yeah, Ralph Bakshi kind of thing. It kept on reminding me of that, and it was that's just horrible special effects. Um, the horrible acting from the lead preacher. Uh, it, it seemed like he was he performed at a dinner theater. It was so bad and so over the top, and it, I and the guy with the fake beard. It was just plastered on his face. I don't know if you even noticed it. I did. It was it was so distracting. It's like this fake beard. They just plastered it on. You could even see some of the glue on his face. Uh, this film, I did not enjoy. Um, it, the editing was so bad. It just stopped. I didn't know. I forgot some of the settlers, and there was only like eight of them. Sometimes I forgot about them because you didn't see them for like 15, 20 minutes. Um, yeah. I, I I didn't like this film, Matt. What'd you think? Uh, I I didn't mind it. I, this isn't. I didn't recommend this when I told you that I. It, I know it had almost <laughs> been one of my picks a couple times. Um, right, because it it's got lots of good. Rev- it's got pretty good score on a lot of good reviews. Yeah. Um, and I didn't mind it. I I thought it's not. It's it's definitely dated. Um, but I kind of liked the the negative shots. And I thought that the the creature was kind of creepy, the 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 one that comes out of the mud and the eyes and everything. I thought some of those images I thought were pretty pretty creepy. Um, the main actor that you're uh, talking about there, his name is Dennis Liskam, and he's been in a lot of stuff. He was in he's Moonlighting, been in all kinds of it movies. Yeah, and he, oh yeah, <laughs> he was a villain in like the first season. A lot of TV. Season, yeah. a lot of- yeah, and and he was a lot in, of TV work. He was in War Games. He's been in a lot of stuff. Um, oh, that's right. He was in he, War he's Games. He's a you know, yeah. He's in. He's a character actor, but uh, he's also in the Day After, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, it's it it's kind of a it's a definitely a bizarre movie. Uh, you've got these people out in the woods that that are naked and kind of has stuff all over them, and, and but then they disappear and then they reappear, and uh, you got the little kid 
the little kid that was gifted to them by the the native they think by the natives and it turns out not not really um it, you know there's a storyline of 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 coming in and taking over land that isn't yours and and trying to make it at you know uh Robert Eggers was was influenced by this movie to make uh, when he was uh, coming up with the idea for The Witch. Um, and it's a similar storyline. Really? Um, not exactly. I mean, it's not about uh, The Witch didn't have infidelity, but it was somebody being cast out of a society and and trying to make it on their own in the middle of the wild uh, and, and a witch-like group of people. Um but it's it's okay. I think it's definitely one to to check out if you're really into a, a, an '80s kind of B movie sort of situation. But uh, you know, it 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 is definitely, uh, it's definitely got some some. It's a little disjointed, and like you said, there are characters that kind of pop in and pop out, and you're not sure where they went. Uh, and I don't know how much of that is by design. You know, the confusion of these people in this area, or 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 if it's just it was just a mess in, in parts but um yeah there are there are beautiful shots and yeah. i do love love the 80s like film grade and mm-hmm. and this there was some really nice uh cinematography um uh, it's just it, it it just didn't it wasn't cohesive yeah and my and it just it just didn't and like with the fairy the irish fairy mm-hmm. or whatnot she's beautiful She's absolutely stunning, but um, it was you know not not a bad actress. Eighty six minutes long, it was, yeah, it was e- it's easy enough to get through. So I didn't mind it too. That's much. what I look for in movies: is am I able to get through it, not enjoy it, exactly. but can I get through it? Joe, <laughs> mm-hmm. so what do you um, think? I I will agree that I I think Dennis Lipscomb did a good job with what he had to work with. Uh, he was. Mm-hmm. I, I, his character was believable. He casts a really bad light on organized religion and the roles that it played back then. Outside of that, mm-hmm. I, I got really lost. I didn't think this was, um, I think this was about as scary as a Brady Bunch episode when they go to Hawaii. I, and I, I didn't, yeah. I don't really understand it enough to hate it, but I know what I like and this wasn't it. And I probably am missing some sort of deeper meaning in it, but I, and I, I will agree with Mark. I thought the editing was really, really choppy. It's like one minute it's bright and sunny out and the next minute it's raining and the next scene it's bright and sunny out again. And I, I too, like Mark said, I lost track of some of these characters, which just means their characters weren't fleshed out enough to make them memorable. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my, my there were some continuity issues with it too, like the pat that uh, Will Smith he he had was shot in the neck with a blow dart and or something, and he had this wound on his neck, and like two scenes later, it's completely gone. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, my my final note that I took on this is very simply just I don't understand this film. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I'm but glad I made Matt it liked it. it. Yeah. That was all right. I suffered through it. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. All right, let's move on to something a little bit more uh, our taste. Uh, this is the first time I've ever watched this film. It's called Bone Tomahawk, 2015. 
In the dying days of the Old West, an elderly sheriff played by Kurt Russell and his posse set out to rescue their town doctor from cannibalistic cave dwellers. And like I said, it's the first time I've ever seen this film. I love this film. This film is definitely what Joe said, uh, very much so a Western with horror elements. And I, I was surprised um, my, from what you guys were saying. I thought it was just a Western all the way. In, and then it just completely gets goes insane at the end. There's some there's some horrific uh, things that happened at the beginning uh, with the stable boy. I wasn't expecting mm. that completely jump. Um, but what I loved about this film, it seemed like Unforgiven. The dialogue seemed like Unforgiven. Like the dialogue was so good. You hang on every word that they say. Just it's like glue to your ears. It just sticks to your brain. I wish I could talk like Kurt Russo and you know intimidate a guy like that because he's just such a badass. And boy, does I think he, it has a just, lot to do with his hair, Kurt. His beautiful hair. He's got he's got one. He's got a beautiful yeah. beard. He's just a beautiful man. How old is he? He's like almost eighty. Just, yeah. He looks fantastic. Um, but what's what's so wonderful about this film is that you really start caring about these characters. I did not want any of this posse going to rescue this woman doctor. I did not want any of them to die. And the more it continued on, the more I started getting scared. And I was definitely getting attached to the sheriff's deputy, who is played Richard by Jenkins. Uh, Richard yeah. Jenkins. From Step Brothers. Um, I, yeah, and mm-hmm. honestly, I think that I, I'm sure he's a character actor. I'm sure I've seen him in other things, but that's the only thing I can uh, remember him from is uh, Step Brothers. He is such a good actor, uh, and so lovable, and I he was the most uh, he was the one character I was mo- more concerned about, you know, dying. I did not want him to die. The hell with the wife. It, it, when the can, when the cannibals are like starting killing people off one by one, I'm just going kill the wife, leave the sheriff's deputy alone, leave Richard Jenkins alone. That one scene about um, the flea circus at the end, and how when the when the the female doctor uh, said in the other cage, he's going, oh yeah, no, no, it's true. They can you know perform acts and and. Just the joy on his face, knowing that he's probably about to die, and how pleased he was. He's, and he said, "Thank you for that." And he was just so pleased, and he's just a humble man, you know. And just thinking about his wife, and just so many wonderful scenes in it. The ending of this film is fantastic, and it just goes off the charts with some of the gore, um, the hanging upside down, the scalping, the Acts going through the body, um, that that is one way I do not want to go. I that that's a horrible way to go, horrible way to die. Um, but yeah, Kurt Russell's great. The, the whole cast, Matthew, um, uh, Matthew Fox, uh, great character. That that was great. And when he gets his hand cut off, ugh. But yeah, I, I, I definitely uh, put my feet up to the screen trying to block a couple of scenes, but I just got so into it. I just, you know, leaned in and watched, watched the horrific uh, details happen. This is a phenomenal horror film. And uh, yeah, it it's it's great. Joe, 
Do you like I it? I absolutely love <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, I will yeah. disagree on a couple of things. Okay. So first off, the wife that's captured, I would certainly go get her because Lily Simmons is friggin' hot. Uh, she's, trust me, yeah. she's worth it. I'm surprised there was one character you did not point out that I thought you would have just glommed all over is James Tolkien, the pianist. Because he's the guy that played Stinger in Top Gun. You know, the guy that was in charge of the school Top Gun. That was him. I, yes. That was him? The guy that would oh. play for a drink, play a song for a drink. That was the that was the, oh, the schoolie. Oh, I did not know that yeah, was him. Top Gun. Um, I, there is only one other character that I just don't understand why she's in this. And it's Sean Young playing the mayor's wife. She's in this movie for like three minutes and has two lines and they're throwaways. Mm -hmm. I don't really understand why she would have accepted this role or why they would have cast her in it. But either way, um, uh, yeah, and Mark, I I do completely agree. Richard Jenkins in this film is just adorable. And you gravitate Mm -hmm. to him really, really quickly and you root for him. You want him to, uh, to overachieve. Cause it looks like he spent most of his life doing the opposite. So I would love to have seen a spinoff movie with David Arquette and Sid Haig. It opens up with them. They, they obviously have like either killed and robbed somebody or just happened upon some people that they were going to rob. That to me would have been a, those two actors seem to work really well together the little bit of time that they're on screen had great chemistry. I would have loved to have seen their story explored a little bit more. I know it would have added more to the movie, but I think that would have been quite an enjoyable thing to tack onto this film. Um, Hmm. It's great script, great dialogue. Uh, Oh, I, yeah. Again, with the Richard Jenkins, I love that scene where he's talking with Kurt Russell about while they're trying to get to sleep, he's asking like, how do you read a book in the bathtub? And like, he tries time and time (laughs) again, but all he gets is a wet book. He's just such an endearing character. Um, Mm. And I, I, I'm not normally a big Matthew Fox fan, but he's great for this role. I mean, I it's, it's summed up perfectly here, which is I'm far too vain to live as a cripple. You know, he would rather, uh, die perfectly than live the rest of his life with any sort of flaws. Um, or, or that other line that he says is, uh, um, uh, smart people don't right, get married. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then onto the gore. Yeah. There's it's plenty of a payoff at the end. And even the, the throwaway that when they're walking out of that cave and you see these savages wives, for lack of a better term, where they have, pretty much blinded them and lopped off their oh, arms yeah. and legs. And they are just used for breeding. They yeah. Have, they have like sticks yeah, in their eyes. Sticks yeah. in their eyes. It's like we just need you to, Sweet. you know, get pregnant and give us a kid. Although I don't know what they're going to do with them when they, you know, when they're born, I don't think those savages are going to make good dads, but who knows? Um, but yeah, if you father, yeah, of the year. if you have not seen this film, you, you need to go see it. It's on Tubi. It's free for God's sakes. There's no excuse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is. I mean, I, you know, I've talked about this one before. 
it's it's just a, a great movie and leads someplace that you're really not expecting at all. The that last, you know, whatever, 20 minutes of the movie is just brutal. And yeah, that that image of those women, the the mothers with the whatever they drove into their eyeballs or whatever, and then their arms and legs cut off and they're just they're just breeding vessels. And yeah. That's it. It's just horrifying. Um, it's like one of those things where it's there, but for the grace of God, yeah. go I, you know, it's just amazing. And uh, this actually one of the, one of the troglodyte people, cause they're not technically, I don't think they're necessarily supposed to be necessarily exactly native Americans. They're supposed to be like a different kind of creature. Almost. They call them troglodytes. Uh, one of them was David Minth- mid thunder, who is, uh, the father of Amber Mid Thunder, who was the lead of um, Prey, that we, you know, the 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 movie that we saw last year. Um, so, a little a little something there. But Sid Haig and David Arquette, that, I would love to see a movie with just those two. Of course, we can't now, but uh, it would have been nice. And and Sid Haig even what is this 2015 even then didn't look right like he he yeah you know he seemed like he was he was not healthy at that time uh of course he'd been around for a long time but i think what was it did he have cancer or something like that or what was yeah what was, yeah yeah he passed away of uh, cancer i believe yeah uh but yeah i i just think that everybody in that is is in this movie is just top notch and again richard jenkins fantastic uh, I, Kurt Russell, he's made to, he was made to play wet, do Westerns like this. He's just so good. Um, so yeah, great movie. Love it. Highly recommended. It. It's, it's a, it's, it's truly, truly a Western horror movie. Yeah. Oh, oh and, and before we move on, um, we didn't even mention Patrick Wilson in this film, who I thought oh, yeah, was yeah. great. I thought yeah. it, his, yeah, his character was great. And just with him, crossing the western frontier on a basically broken leg with the bone sometimes coming out i mean that was just mm-hmm. horrific to see yeah. the surgery with the the stone and i, I loved his conversations with god and uh, it, it was just such a great character and there are some nice it, how horrific the ending was there was sort of a nice ending mm-hmm. at the end things happening I was like, "Ooh, okay, some people survived out of it. It was just kind of like you could take a nice exhale and just go, that was a great movie. Mm-hmm. So, All right, the last film that we have is Ravenous, 1999. Uh, in a remote military outpost in the 19th century, Captain John Boyd and his regiment embark on a rescue mission which takes a dark turn when they are ambushed by a sadistic cannibal. Uh, This film, in my opinion, has always been overlooked. I also think the Wendigo legend has been overlooked and has been basically ignored because of the zombie genre. Uh, The Wendigo legend has always fascinated me ever since I read the short story that was actually called The Wendigo when I was like 11. Uh, The Wendigo legend isn't just about eating flesh, it also brings in uh, morals and choices. Wendigos aren't like brainless cannibals, but they are thinking humans, human beings with thoughts and memories of who they were and the horror of what they are 
becoming every time they feed on flesh. And I think that's a really interesting um, thing about the Wendigo uh, legend, this Indian legend. Um, I think this film is very well made and wonderful acting. And yeah, yes, I know the music is a little off putting uh, to some people. I actually think it's charming. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's you know, you, you just kind of bop to it a little bit. Um, a little banjo and whatnot. But I think it's a phenomenal cast. Joe, what do you think? Um, is, it, is this the first time you've ever yes, seen it? first time I've seen it. I did, oh, good. I did really like this film. I, speaking of the music, okay. though, I do want to read this. Uh, Foster's Social Orchestra, which performs in the film was founded by Michael Nyman as a group attempting to create a postmodern avant-garde sound by having artists with a background other than music perform the works of Stephen Foster in an untrained, but inspired way. So this music was actually performed by non-musicians. Uh, a lot of it was really moody. A lot of really weird string, uh, like, uh, ambient music. Um, yeah, I did take note of it, and I I was glad that I found out that it wasn't or who performed it is what I should say. Um, I like this film. I think one thing that stands out for sure is if I ever see Jeremy Davies in a movie, I know he's going to play somebody in the military who's a coward because that's all he's ever known for. <laughs> he did the same thing in Save It Private Ryan. Oh. There's another movie I saw with him and. Ben Affleck, where he's just a, a coward military guy. Um, and also the other things that I think are weird casting, uh, John Spencer, who plays the the general at the beginning of the movie that sort of casts out Guy Pierce. Um, I, I It's not his fault. I'm just so used to seeing him play like a Chicago cop or some sort of police officer that it's just weird to see him in a period piece. Along with Jeffrey Jones, who played uh, the colonel who, you know, died for a period of time. He, you know, he's the principal in Ferris Bueller. I just, it was really hard for me to see him in a period war film, but. Um, oh, he's been in a lot of oh, periods. Like he was in, yeah. he was in Amadeus and, and. Uh, it's also, funny. I uh, totally bought him in Sleepy Amadeus Hollow. and Sleepy yeah. Hollow. This one is just huh. stuck. I mean, he was in Beetlejuice too. He was in lots of films. He's, in tons of things, but for someone, this movie, I couldn't place him in there. He didn't seem believable to me. Mm. Um, I, I loved all the other cast. Uh, Guy Pierce, I thought was great. Robert Carlyle is fantastic in this film. Uh, I love the little twist when they reveal who his character is. The, the ragtag group of uh, guys that Guy Pierce is stationed with through most of the film is uh, it's a nice rounded out cast. Especially with uh, what's the guy's name Neil McDonough, who's like the one actual soldier in the entire group. You know, yeah. the blonde-haired guy. Um, I I thought it was weird that this movie was it's tagged as a horror comedy. I the music yeah. at the beginning yeah. was I was sold like oh yep this is really weird like cartoony almost sound effects when like the credits are rolling. So I was okay with that being billed as a horror comedy, but that's when that 
special effects or sound effects, when that stuff drowned it out, there's nothing comedic about this at all. Um, it's mm-hmm. pretty much just a straight up gore film. You know, it's it, cannibals. It's the Donner Party. Um, but yeah, I I did enjoy yeah. uh, quite a lot of blood. Um, good storyline, great pacing. I I don't know how long was this? Uh, hour forty one, probably the longer yeah. of the films that we watched so far. But um, no, it it went quite quickly. I I enjoyed this film quite a bit. And another David Arquette movie. Man, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't intentional. I didn't know he was in uh, Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, uh, no, this is good. I like this movie. Um, I do think first time for you. Yeah, first time for me. Oh, uh, nice. I I thought the th- the last the third act was a little all over the place, and uh, I, I do think the music caused it to have some tonal issues that were. A little strange to me, like there was the music was almost comedic at times when it's not supposed to be, uh, and and I I I didn't mind that actually because I thought it was, you know, it was kind of a nice juxtaposition. But there were times that I kind of felt like, especially in the third act, things dragged a bit. Once they got back to the camp, and um, Robert Car- Carlyle came back and was the colonel or whatever there. Uh, I, I, I thought it dragged a little bit in that lesson. I, I thought it kind of lost steam. I thought everything up to that point, him going to the, to the, to the, uh, fort and then where they go to investigate the cave and all that. I thought all, everything up to there was just fantastic. But, but that third act I thought was uneven. It wasn't bad. It was just a little uneven. Um, yeah, I'll agree with that. I didn't have a, a problem with this, with Jeffrey Jones, in it and in terms of his acting, but it's hard to get past like what he was arrested for. So, you know, he, he was arrested for child pornography and soliciting a minor boy and all this kind of stuff. So, um, it's a little hard to watch him now knowing all that, but he's going to be in a movie that is in part of my picks. So I guess I'll have to, but, um, but he, I thought he was fine <laughs> in it. Uh, he's great in Amadeus, obviously, but, um, is that your pick? And then you have to separate, Oh. No, um, but yeah, I thought that I, and I do like this Wendigo thing. It's almost a vampire. It's, I, I would almost compare it more to a vampire situation, even more than a zombie situation. Cause the zombies, you know, it, these guys become stronger, you know, mm-hmm. and they take on the strength of who they eat. So it's, it is yeah. its own thing. It's similar to zombies and vampires, but it's his own thing. That stew looks so good. I would have, I would have eaten that stew. That stew looked delicious. <laughs> I really delicious. <laughs> appreciated the sort of happenstance of Guy Pierce becoming the Wendigo, the origin story. How you know it wasn't he wasn't bit by somebody. He didn't you know he just mm-hmm. he was a coward and he was hiding under a bunch of bodies and blood starts dripping into his mouth because he's playing dead and he can't move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 a it's a great it's a great legend that it's just i it's just i don't think it's done enough i if if they stopped making zombie films and kind of went on a wendigo kind of uh stint for a while man i'd be so happy i'd be so happy because there's so many storylines like 
you can do with the Wendigo story. It's 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 just such a great legend. Yeah. No, it's it's really yeah. interesting, and and I I do I I like this. You know, it's it's a nice change of pace because this could easily have just been a a vampire movie, you know, mm-hmm. or or a zombie movie, I guess. But I think vampires are closer just because they're you know vamp zombies aren't aren't thinking creatures, you know. So, uh, but it could easily have been it could easily have been that. Um, yeah, but you know, so. But overall, but that's I, it, guys. Yeah, I liked it. These, these were some good picks, Mark. Because I, I gotta say, you know, uh, I liked. Let's see, where are we at? I, I liked all of them, really. I mean, the only one I really don't like that much is vampires. You know, I didn't care for that. And I, <laughs> you know, Eyes of Fire wasn't great, but I, you know, I was interested. I, I found some things in it and some imagery that I liked. But um, yeah. So it's definitely different. Good job, <laughs> good job, uh, Mark. We, we really appreciate. Thank you. All your hard Thank work. Thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, hey, so, hey Matt, yeah, we're we're not, yeah. we're not alone anymore. I know, Joe. I don't know if you're aware of this, but somebody is. I'm not aware us. of this, Matt. Who is this? And, and this is my sister-in-law. Her name is Danielle. Uh, well, Danielle from the Oblong Box Shop. She has a bunch of different names, and so it's hard to it's hard to know what to call her. Uh, but what she, are the nicknames? Uh, well, no, she has uh, she goes by Danielle. She, her maiden name is Chabot, but she also online goes by Von Fitch. But that's partly her married name, and there's yeah, I don't know, blah blah blah. Um, but so Danielle is the owner and designer and uh, kick ass female business <laughs> rocker. Of the oblongboxshop.com. And she actually was with us at Halloween 45 this last weekend. We got to have our booths right next to each other, which was loads of fun because my wife, Michelle, her her sister, she came too. And so we she we got to bounce back and forth between booths and, and it was kind of fun. So uh she is going to join us next time. Say hello, Danielle. I, I guess I've introduced you enough. Hello, Danielle. <laughs> She speaks. It was like war and peace. Like war and peace. Yeah. And you make fun of me, like try to introduce a movie. Uh, uh, uh. So, so what I do is I fill up the popcorn yeah. and I only a quarter away and then I put the butter in it. Then uh, I fill met. it up again or only a quarter met. away. Yeah. Why is Danielle here? Well, Dan- it's not Danielle. Danielle. It's Danielle. Danielle. Dan- Danielle. Why is Danielle. 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 <laughs> she is. I love just sitting here and, and listening we... to you guys analyze everything about my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is Danielle. Uh, and Danielle. Well, you you could say Danielle, like Dan Yell. Yeah. It's perfect for my Chicago accent. I, everything starts with a D. Yeah, he, he's not going to pronounce it right anyway. <laughs> is, is so. Danny, is, I did. I did. I did. Danny, Danny okay. that, no, there you go. Very no, good. Danny. No, no, Danny. I told you it's no, easy. No. No, no, no. Joe's <laughs> fucking it up. I, I got it. Yeah. Danielle. Danielle. Well, Danielle. Yeah. Yeah. Danielle. Danielle. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm good at it. So, Joe, <laughs> Joe to answer your question, uh, Danielle is here. To join us next episode, 
we are we have a pick and uh she, i asked her for her help on the pick and to be with us next episode as we go through it so uh danielle what what was our pick that we decided on the theme the theme yeah. What, what, did, what I, I couldn't come up with a better one, but what was the what was the name we came up with last all night? All right, it took some uh, some brainstorming, but this this is the best we got for Halloween. It's Halloweeny yeah. horrors. Yeah, Halloween Halloweeny horrors. horrors. These, these are all movies that are set around Halloween. Yes. Yep, very exciting. Yeah. My favorite time of year. Yeah. So Mine too. go ahead and go through the list, Danielle. Tell us uh, you have it there, yes. I, I'm assuming. So go ahead and tell us what Okay, they are. so we're going to be watching The Night of the Demons, and that's from 1988. And that's on Peacock and yeah. Shudder. I've never seen this, so I'm really excited about this one. I haven't either. It's awesome. Oh, okay, it's good. awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen good, this one good. either. Um, then there's Sleepy Hollow from 1999 oh, on HBO great. Max which I love this one, of course, because the costumes mm-hmm. and the Johnny Depp and all that, you know. Um, <laughs> and the sets and, yes. and, and the, everything yes. is amazing. Exactly. Uh, Christina Ricci. Casper, yes. Casper being Dean. Uh, what? Casper oh. being mm-hmm. Dean's in it. Mm-hmm. Who's that? He he plays uh, the, the the angry, jealous boyfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Big hunt. That's right, yeah. Man, okay. we watch Night of the Demons. That's uh, we yeah. did. That's Linnea Quigley from the Quad Cities. What, what pick did? We oh yeah, what, I'm sorry. For? This was like really, really, really early on before we started doing picks and themes and whatnot. Oh, like, I don't think I watched. Oh, it. I no, I'm I'm glad it's picked because I think you. I, yeah, I I was yeah. I was actually planning on adding that to my Shocktober anyway. It's a great film. Oh, Love okay. it. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sorry. Does she play no. the lead? Oh. But I digest. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. That's Mark's job. <laughs> okay. And then the next one is Trick R Treat. Not Trick or Treat. Trick R Treat from 2007. And that's on HBO Max. Okay. And, and this is, of course, the the anthology that we were really hoping Mark was going to pick for his anthology horror show. And he didn't. So now we it, get to watch. We would have never experienced Snoop Dogg of Horror. <laughs> Never. I'm sad I missed oh. that. You're <laughs> welcome. Good thing. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. And then we've got I Am Not a Serial Killer from 2016, and that's on Tubi. And have you guys seen that? Never I heard of it. I haven't seen it either. Nope. Okay, Mm-mm. good. Good. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy yeah. it. And then this is a new one, Cobweb 2023, and that's oh. for rent on probably Prime and yeah. Apple and everywhere. Movies yeah. are sold. Yep, I almost. And that this over is the one weekend. that I saw. This this is the movie that came out on the same weekend as Barbenheimer, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the worst marketing. And this is set at Halloween, and they put it. They they released it in July. Oh, I remember you talking yeah. about that. Yeah. So it's a it's a. I enjoy this one. Uh, it you know it's not perfect, but it's it's a. I think it's a fun one. Mm-hmm. So very exciting. So is Halloween three season of the witch too much on the nose? <laughs> Yeah. Well, we already yeah. did that one. That was yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. We already yeah. talked about. It. Yeah. yeah, great film. Yeah. I mean, it's we so could good. Add a sixth if you really want to watch. I'm that probably going to watch it anyway because it's just that time of year. So yeah, 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 yeah. Same yeah. here. 
And you got the record too for the soundtrack. No, not for, not for, not for, for Halloween, Halloween three. three? No. I have oh, Halloween damn. four, but yeah, and twenty eighteen. All right, so, good, picks. That, good picks. So those are our picks, and uh, Danielle will be joining us next time, and we will have an absolute blast because our next episode, as you all know, is. It's our Halloween episode. So it's very special that we're having you on this, Danielle. It's our Halloween episode. I'm so, exi- so excited. What's this song? Uh, it's, What's this song? It's called Myers House. The theme from Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. So, all right. Well, that wraps us up for this week. So please keep watching your shocktober and then friday tonight today actually as this as this comes out please make watch sure that it. you go to youtube and watch never hike alone 2 it will be coming out seven o'clock p.m on friday the 13th today as this show opens uh so check it out it's going to be really good we've we've seen some some clips uh and and of course check out the trailer well by the time this is by the time this airs, the trailer will be old news. Have. You'll be watching the show. Trailer so, but it, it, if you, it, yeah, Cinescare logo. Oh, yeah, the you're Cinis- gonna see it. Yep, the Cinescare logo will be uh, Joe designed this logo that is animated. It is amazing, and it is going to pop at the beginning of the of the movie, along with be so a couple cool. other production companies. And then but keep watching after. We'll also be that. you know don't yeah, no, don't turn it off. The movie, right. when you've seen the Cinescare. Yeah. I know yeah, you're yeah, tempted yeah, yeah. to. But keep watching; it's worth yeah. it. It gets better than the logo. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, my dad. My, my dad says he's just gonna wait for the Sinister logo. He's gonna turn it off because he yeah. can't yeah. watch horror films at all. He's he is yeah. a scary cat. Yeah. Well, force him to watch it. <laughs> to do the do the uh, Clockwork Orange thing. Have his yeah. eyes. There you go. Open and make him watch it. Does he, does he watch movies yeah. with his feet my up eyes. against the the screen too, like you do? Yeah, did you? No, that's what I do. I'm I'm built different, man. I'm a unicorn. (laughs) I really am. Unicorn. I am. It's more like a triangle. I am not a triangle. A centaur. A troglodyte. I am not a troglodyte. Horse. A troglodyte. I can't say it. A troglodyte. It's easy for you to say. Say it again. Troglodyte. Exactly. There you go. There you go. There you go. Gold star. I can hey, learn. I can, can learn I, things. Uh, can I mention one? Yeah. Can I plug one thing, if I may? Yeah. Uh, it's November, October 13th when this comes out. Make sure you look for Newcastle Cemetery on Facebook. Uh, oh, I yeah. have probably half of my display up and ready to go. I will make sure I have more pictures up on the Facebook page before this comes out. And then of course, two weeks after that, it will be completely done and lit and animated and ready to scare little kids in the quad city area. So we'll have more pictures for it back then too. You're so talented. Your, your screen, Joe looks like it's, I don't know. It's maybe focusing or something, but for a second, I, I thought that your the dresser behind you was moving. It is. I live in an animated house. 
Yeah, it's just ghosts. I thought it was haunted. No. Yeah, haunted. Yeah, ghosts. It's like skin it around. Yeah, I there. see it moving. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, isn't that yeah. weird? Hmm. Yeah. Joe, behind you. <laughs> it's behind, I behind can you. See the screen Is that behind me. Standing in your closet? No, no, it couldn't be. It's like someone standing no, in your I don't closet believe back there. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that's how. This, if we that is make... weird. It's like refocusing on yeah. me entirely. Yeah. Making the background yeah. move. Yeah. I'm sure all of our listeners yeah, are really enjoying that. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. loving yeah. this. They're <laughs> loving this. All right. Well, go to www.cinescarehorror.com and check out our merchandise. Also, please, please, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this, Spotify, and rate us, review us, because it really does help with the algorithm. So uh, that's it for this time. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. I am not a troglodyte. A troglodyte. A a troglodyte. I can't say it. A, a troglodyte. Oh, I'm good at it.